leadership has always been challenging, but today the pressures and unrelenting changes are greater than ever before. Leaders must manage an increasingly complex work environment made up of both remote and hybrid teams. To add to that, many team members are facing economic health and family care demands. So leaders have to be even more flexible and creative in order to be effective. We know that energized and engaged people and teams are the lifeblood of every organization. I'm Leanne Rogers, host of Leading Better Teams, and I arm leaders with everything you need to build happy and high-performing teams, all served up with empathy, humor, and a dash of Southern charm. Join me each month as I share the most effective and actionable insights, models, tips, and tools to help you lead better teams. Let's get started. The best leaders are always seeking input and ideas from people outside of their circles. They keep up with trends and borrow ideas from others who are one step ahead of them. My favorite way to learn is from my colleagues and also the leaders that I work with. It fascinates me to hear what teams around the globe, big and small, nonprofit and government are doing, especially when I hear innovative ideas that I can borrow and use. Where do you go or who do you go to to stay on top of the latest in team development? In 2019, I founded Team Consultant Academy, which is my flagship course specifically designed for coaches and consultants who work with teams. In the self-paced online course, each cohort has three live mastermind sessions with me, and these were golden. These calls were how we connected, established relationships, and learned from each other's experiences. In April 2020, our world got turned upside down, and we suddenly had to learn to facilitate, train, and coach in a virtual environment. Those in Team Consultant Academy, as well as others, needed an opportunity to quickly get ramped up on facilitating remotely. The only way I got through that time period and ultimately learned to thrive was through collaboration with others. Shared learning got us up and running in this new world, not only faster, but more effectively. It was the perfect time to launch my community forward and move forward into the future with other facilitators, coaches, and trainers who work with teams and leaders. This online global community has transformed businesses, created deep and lasting connections among members, and led to a multitude of opportunities that have both surprised and delighted me. It's doing exactly what I intended it to do. When I want new perspectives, ideas on what to do, or opportunities to test drive a new collaboration software, I always turn to my forward community first. There is so much change in the air right now. That's why I went directly to my tribe to get their input about the biggest challenge leaders are facing right now and one piece of advice they have for you. There is so much wisdom and insight in each of their answers. Let's hear what they have to say. Executive Coach Gail Ely will get us started today. I'm Gail Ely, Executive Coach with Total Life Leadership in Atlanta, Georgia. I support business owners and executives who are passionate leaders that continually ask, how can I become a better leader. In talking with my clients, the biggest challenge they're facing right now is the psychological well-being of their employees. Not surprisingly, the pandemic created heightened anxiety for some people, and because it lasted for an extended period of time, that situational anxiety has increasingly become chronic. 
As your organization returns to pre-pandemic modes of operation, here are some red flags to look out for in your employees. Lower or inconsistent levels of performance, less control over their emotions, and a decreased ability to collaborate effectively. If you're encountering some of these red flags, my advice to you as a leader is to manage your expectations and the expectations of your employees. It's critical to remember that while we all went through the pandemic storm together, we were each in a different boat with unique challenges and varying levels of support. So how do you manage expectations? Well, in my experience, information is the most powerful resource for managing expectations. So let me give you three action steps around this. Number one, share with your employees the fact that many people are experiencing anxiety as they return to work. This will serve to normalize what they may be feeling or what they may be observing. Number two, Meet with your employees one-on-one to find out how they're doing. And not just once, do it on a more regular basis. Be genuine in your concern and curious about the ways you can support them. And number three, gather information about the resources available to help your employees when they're struggling. It may be information about your employee assistance program or a mental health hotline. It may be reminding them that they can use their paid time off for a mental health day and they can use their health insurance to get professional help. Leaders who provide a psychologically safe environment for their employees will in turn have employees who are more likely to stay with the organization. And that is valuable given the volatility in today's job market. Spoken like a great coach, Gail is driving you to action and I love that. So think about what are some resources you can offer your team to help them cope and manage chronic anxiety. I know of leaders offering coaching funds so that their their team members can go hire their own personal coach just to work through things, someone outside of work that they feel safe talking to, or offering flexible work hours, maybe letting people flex or have longer weekends or work earlier or later in the day. My next guest, Danielle Freeman, shares advice about the impact of overwhelm coming from ambiguity. Hi, this is Danielle Freeman, and I am located in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. I am a division continuous improvement leader for Burt's Bees Cleaning and Better Health for the Clorox Company. And what that means is that I help leadership to remove obstacles in those divisions that I mentioned in order to ensure that we win as an organization. So the biggest challenge that I see leaders are facing now, you know, that question, the key word right now to me is now. Though at the same time, it's kind of an age old issue. You know, right now, leaders have this overwhelming change or, you know, just lots of noise coming at us. And You know, this is an issue because you can very easily not be 100% sure on that you're focusing on those things that assure that you're winning. So lack of clarity is something that creates a lot of issues if you're a leader in an organization. So a piece of advice that I have is to focus on driving clarity for your team. And that really means practicing what you preach. So 
is your team clear on the things that they're doing and how they drive the critical few? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I can be a person that focuses on those trivial many without realizing that I'm doing it. And, you know, that kind of creates whack-a-mole for our teams, doesn't it? You got to practice what you preach. So if you're following one issue and then you transition to another one and you transition to a third one, your team is trying to follow you. So you have to listen to your team, find out what they're unclear on and help them to understand how the work that they're doing is driving to the results of your organization. How does what they do tie in to assuring that the organization wins every single day? That is my advice. Take the time. Culture is so important. And you know, often we say, gosh, I don't have time to work on culture, but guess what? Even if you don't work on it, you're getting the culture. May not be the one that you want, So driving clarity is always valuable. So I want to take a minute just to say thanks, Leanne, for all you do to connect leaders um, so that we can network and we can share tools to better ourselves and better our organizations. Thank you, Danielle, for sharing your positive experience with Forward. It's been a tremendous source of information, development, and support for me, too. And I couldn't agree more that clarity is needed and we need to align and continually realign our teams around their goals, roles, and methods. I talk in depth about aligning in episode number four, so be sure to listen into that episode too. Another challenge that came up from these forward members was the idea of building culture. Let's hear what Wanda Walker has to say. Hi, my name is Wanda N. Walker. I am from Minneapolis, Minnesota the CEO of Uniquely Yours Consulting and More, which is a firm that provides specialized services to nonprofits, government entities, and churches that have a gap in their strategies and they need or want it to be addressed. Three biggest challenges that I see leaders facing now are evaluating and understanding the impact of the pandemic on the organization's operations. How did COVID really impact the decisions that we had to pivot so quickly and make? And then being able to make those decisions that need to be made moving forward based on good data. The second one is managing multiple work teams. We went from being totally in person to now someone may have a remote staff, hybrid teams, and also a totally in-person team. So learning to be able to uh, work with those multiple teams. The last one is juggling multiple simultaneous changes as we still are grappling with a continued uncertainty. So it's pretty difficult to project trends in typical times, and it is exceedingly difficult to do so during a pandemic. So trying to get Focus on moving your organizations forward after the pandemic by, but still having uncertainty. One piece of advice that I would give leaders facing challenges um, overall is don't ignore the organization's culture as you plan for post-pandemic operations. We have changed, work has changed, the way we think about time and space has changed. I was reading an article on LinkedIn yesterday about employees wanting to come back to work, not wanting to come back to work, and really 
wanting that flexibility that the pandemic provided. And I was really surprised that a couple of people talked about culture wasn't important or it did not exist. And I was just shocked because organization culture, it is a critical part of what we do and how we achieve our goals. And we know that Culture will eat your strategy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner if you're not paying attention to it. So I would encourage strongly to pay attention to your culture. Wanda's comments really got me thinking about Kevin Delaney's newsletter, McKinsey & Company. Just the other day, I was reading how one person proposed the idea that we should centralize decisions about the days people come into the office in a hybrid scenario. So in other words, have everyone in the office on the same days and everyone working at home on the same days. The idea was that it reduces the likelihood that women and people of color fall behind in terms of promotions and raises because everyone's having the same opportunities to be physically together and and have those casual conversations throughout the day, as well as be visible to people in senior management. I found that really an interesting idea and kind of a different shift from where I was headed, which would be let people be totally flexible. So as we figure all this out, We really are going to be exploring and trying some new ways of figuring out how to work together and what will work. There's one team that I work with. They're a global food manufacturing company, and they decided just last week that they're going to explore this concept of what they call hub weeks. And so in essence, this team has, during the pandemic, many people on the team have moved to different cities. So they're all really in different cities from each other. And they decided that every other month, they're going to get together for a week called a hub week, where they're all going to go into the office to work together. They'll definitely have some team meetings, but they'll also be working you know, independently as well. But it gives them a chance to all be together at least for a week every other month. And what's interesting is they also decided that they aren't always going to go to headquarters, but they'd like to try to go to different locations around the country and even the world once the travel opens up so that they can be near their stakeholders and have those opportunities as well. It's time for the Leading Better Teams trivia. Where did the word culture originate from? culture is a French term which in turn derives from the Latin word colir, and I hope I said that correctly, which means to tend to the earth and grow or cultivate and nurture. It shares its etymology with a number of other words related to actively fostering growth. I love that as we think about culture here. And culture also impacts retention. One way to improve retention is to build connections using games. Let's hear what Alex Zuckman has to say. My name is Alex Zuckman, and I'm CEO and co-founder of Barometer Interactive, and we build games and simulations to help teams better connect with one another and build stronger relationships. Right now, what I think one of the biggest challenges that leaders are facing is how to promote strong team culture and team identity and a sense of shared purpose when people are working in increasingly more remote or, or hybrid work environments. Before the pandemic, there was a, starting to be a pendulum sh- uh, shift, led especially by younger generations in the workforce of wanting more inclusive, respectful work environments and cultures that really help the individuals grow and thrive and really seeking more of a connection among the people at work. The pandemic upended that a little bit, at least in the beginning, because it was such an abrupt shift to virtual 
But now I believe that a lot of leaders are wondering how they can rebuild that connection, especially in such different work circumstances. So for leaders, my advice is to find different ways to to connect your team members and get to know each other, both talking about the content of the work and their shared goals and, and how their each person's work connects to everybody else's, but also just more ways for people to get to know each other and using some meeting time to to do things like playing games. Games are such a great way to see behind the curtain of how other people think and react in, in different conditions, you know, whether people take on a more competitive approach or collaborative approach, or do people really thrive under pressure or not thrive under pressure? Are some people more creative thinkers and are there new ways you can harness that creative energy? So having playing games where the stakes are really low, your job performance is not based on how well you play in the game. It's just a chance for people to laugh and, and get to know people in a different way can be really powerful, especially if that's paired with some reflections of what did you learn about your teammates during the game? And what did that make you think of in terms of how you work together, specific tasks that that you could uh, collaborate on or pro- how you can improve processes together? So making time, especially when people are not going to have the opportunities for casual in the hallway or in the office kitchen conversations, making time for them to connect in different ways virtually, whether it's through games or fun icebreaker questions or different types of conversations can be really helpful. And it also creates joy and, you know, for people to laugh together and experience something fun and light and have that shared experience is definitely going to have a positive impact on team culture. I love games too, Alex, and I've loved playing your online games. Some of my personal fun games are Mad Rummy, Taboo, and Scavenger Hunts. In fact, the other night, my husband and our oldest child went to a trivia night up the road, and I was excited um, to get a question right in trivia, and the question was this. It was, what is a brawny Spanish word for la fuerta that has seven consonants and only one vowel? And even though my husband and son, who were trivia buffs and knew almost the answers to everything else, got stumped on this one, I figured it out. And this is how I did it. I had to think and reason. So I thought brawny. When I thought of the word brawny, I thought of the paper towels with the big brawny guy on it. And I kept saying, brawny has has got to be a clue. Brawny means strong. And then eventually I connected it to the word strength, which has seven consonants and only one vowel. Speaking of fun... Being creative is very fun for me. And our final guest, Mary Bolander, has something to say about creative problem solving. Hi, I'm Mary Bolander. Uh, I currently live in Orlando, Florida. I'm on my way to back to the Midwest. So I'll be back in the Midwest soon. And I am a facilitator, a communicator, an innovation coach, (laughs) wear many hats. Uh, And you can find more about me at Mary Bolander, B-O-L-A-N-D-E-R.com. I have found that the biggest challenge that leaders face right now is really around the idea of being creative in the way that they solve their problems as we're looking back to the world changing again. And I think we've had a lot of opportunity for creativity in the last year and a half or so because creativity loves constraints and we have had a lot of constraints. Uh, But what I'm finding as I've been talking to different leaders recently is there's kind of this challenge of how do I be creative going back? What does that look like for our team? 
How do we be innovative in this new world? Uh, And so I have three quick thoughts around that, that I have found that if we can think through these areas, we will really be on our way towards uh, being innovative for our teams and their challenges. So first, you want to think through who is the team? I like to say, do we have the wrong people in the room? Too often, we think we know who should be solving the problems that we're facing. But many times, especially if the lead power source, the person who makes all the decisions in the room, there might not be as much creativity as you'd want for your team. So you want to make sure that the right, potentially wrong people are in the room, that you have the right team solving the problem. And you also want to be thinking through, what's the team's mindset going through this? Do we have a growth mindset as a team? Uh, Are we being curious? Are we looking to learn? Mindset makes the difference for the team as you approach your challenges and being creative and problem solving. So we want to really be people that learn, that grow, that are willing to make mistakes and try new things. And we don't want to jump to solutions too quickly. We want to really be curious about the people that we are serving. And finally, you want to be sure that your team has tools, that everyone is speaking the same language when it comes to the tool that you're using to help you solve the problem. There are many different tools, many different ones. And the important thing is that you and your team have decided what tool you're using and you know the language that you need to speak as you're doing it. One that I really have learned a lot about and I use a lot is design thinking. It's a simple five-step process to solve any human-centered problem. And because so many of our problems involve humans, it's a really helpful process. Uh, But whatever process your team uses, it doesn't matter. It just matters that they have the language and common space as they move forward. And if you can do those three things with your team, have the right team, the right people solving the problem, have the right mindset, and have the right tools, you will be very far on your way um, towards being innovative and creative in the way that you solve your problems as you move forward in this new season. Thank you. Thanks, Mary, for mentioning the tool design thinking and the five steps. I thought I'd elaborate on that for those of you who may not know what that is. The first step in design thinking is to empathize, seek to understand others. And then the next step is to define. So you're defining things like the role objectives, the decisions, the challenges, and the pain points. The third step in this tool is to ideate, which involves brainstorming. Yes, and not yes, but, but yes, and thinking. And then in the fourth step, we want to prototype where we we create ideas, really simple ideas, and we fail fast so we can iterate quickly. The fifth and final step of the design thinking model is to test it and figure out what worked and what didn't. It's interesting to hear all these forward members' perspectives on the biggest leadership challenge. While they were all different, I see two main themes. One, dealing with stress and overwhelm of never-ending change and two, the importance of actively building culture. I want to just give a shout out to these five people for sharing their their wisdom and their expertise with us. And I have a challenge for you. I'd like you to ask everyone on your team to write down five words that describe your team's culture. Collect those responses and group them together and listen to what they say and why they selected those words. It will likely be the beginning of a very interesting conversation. Listen for similarities and differences, and then use that as a catalyst to begin defining the culture you will intentionally create together. If you are a practitioner or leader who is passionate about team development, 
and wants to stay up to date with the latest tools and tech, join me alongside Gail, Danielle, Wanda, Alex, Mary, and the rest of the Forward community. You can try it for a month for free using the coupon code LEADINGBETTERTEAMS. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. As leaders, it's important that we all keep learning. Visit www.better-teams.com to learn more about the Better Teams model and how you can assess your team. I'd love to hear from you, so please connect with me on LinkedIn or through my website. And join Forward, my online community, where you can share, learn, and network with me and other leaders from around the globe. If you want more pragmatic ideas and tips to lead better teams, please subscribe and share this podcast with your colleagues. Thank you and have a great day.